0: Welcome back to the new Yachtsman Channel. Today I've got a great guest. Um, This is Hugh and he's a retired general and like many of you he was busy with a very successful career and he's in the middle of making that transition from working really hard and being the top of the top of his game in his industry like many of you are and now he's getting his first cruising boat and going through the trials and tribulations of buying and retrofitting his first boat. So Hugh, maybe you could uh, just introduce yourself a little bit. And I I think the new yachtsman would like to hear a little bit about what it's like to retire and start boating.
1: Thanks very much, Bill. It's uh, a pleasure to be here today. And uh, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll have some conversation that'll be of uh, use to people that, like me, wish I had listened to somebody else uh, before I bought my boat. I am a retired Major General from the US Army um, 41 years. Uh, uh, I've owned a boat actually since 2009. but having been you know, an extremely busy person and actually deployed around the world and uh, for much of the last uh, uh, now, you know, over 15 years, Uh, my boat has not had the attention that it needed um, from a uh, maintenance or safety standpoint. So um, uh, I was um, uh, happy to uh, be able to now as a retired individual to be uh, able to spend the time and uh, the income to actually bring my boat uh, up to the uh, condition that I would like it to be, which is um, allowing me to do uh, some open ocean sailing, uh, the Palmas, uh, the Bermuda, I'd like to get over to uh, Europe and potentially further afield as well.
0: What did you find it was like when you were first looking for a boat? Did you kind of have an idea of, you know, you wanted this size range and this type of vessel before you started or were you just starting from the beginning?
1: Well, we had a previous boat, a, a 26-foot um, uh, boat that was actually a custom-made one uh, from the 60s. Uh, had spent a lot of time on that, had a lot of fun with it, uh, spent more money on it than it was worth. Uh, but our two kids were growing and uh, at that point um, for us to be more comfortable and be able to go further afield, we decided to buy a we, we, you know we went from a 26 foot boat up to a 42 foot uh, hunter passage. Uh, for us that uh, decision uh, was based on, we started an internet search, like many people do. We, uh, we we had particular boats that looked great um, on the internet. Um, and then we started the process of actually uh, talking to uh, uh, yacht brokers and trying to find out if we could get onto a boat and take a look at it. That was a fascinating step. So going from a, the way a bo- boat looks um, You know, on the internet uh, for the advertisements and the way it looks in person is a big difference. Now, I had the benefit of having owned a boat for about, um, uh, you know, 15 years uh, prior to purchasing a large boat. Uh, But even with that, I can't claim to be any kind of an expert at all. I mean, I, yeah, I could sail up and down the coast of the US and even single handed uh, on occasion, but I was still. Kind of a novice in many ways, and I learned uh, usually by making mistakes of um, a, a variety of sorts. Uh, thankfully, nothing that ever got me into too much trouble. But uh, yeah, so trying to trying to figure out what a large boat um, you know can do for you, should do for you. Uh, what is uh, what is a safe boat? What's a well built well built boat? Um, what uh, what are the conditions that you need to be looking for? There's an awful lot that I frankly was absolutely ignorant about. You know, I wish I could do go back in time and uh, be able to tell my earlier self uh, what I know now after having spent many years fixing the boat that I've got, and particularly a lot just recently.
0: So, would you advise people maybe instead of buying a boat? is a good deal and needs a lot of work. Maybe you're better off putting a little more money into it, buying something that's a little more ready to go. Is that kind of what your experience has been? Yeah.
1: So oddly, I, I often tell people because they'll you know they'll see pictures of my boat or get on it and you know, oh, that's wonderful. I'd love to own a boat too. And you know the advice I give them is I say one of two things. either buy a boat that's in relatively new condition. Uh, so you don't inherit problems. Um, you know you can you can grow your own problems as you go along and learn from that, uh, or actually look into uh, just renting a boat. Uh, you know, fly down to the Caribbean or to Greece or someplace and rent a boat for two weeks and then turn it in when you're done. Either one of those is a better solution than buying um, an older boat uh, and trying to fix it. Now I say that having done it twice myself. Uh, it takes a lot of time a lot of energy and a lot of money to repair an older boat you can do it and it is a labor of love and many people actually do that with their eyes wide open you know they truly want to rescue you know particularly if you've got a boat that has particularly good bones to it uh, the hull is sound um, you know and you're willing to spend money you know fixing all the fiberglass fixing all the rigging Replacing engines, all the plumbing and electrical, you know, all your instrumentation. And if you're willing to do all of that, you know, you're looking at you know perhaps upwards of hundred thousand dollars for a large boat to be able to undertake something like that, uh, or even more. Um, so yeah, I uh, I recommend uh, going for something a little newer rather than a little older. Um, you know, although you'll learn a lot, um, there's a lot of a lot of expense there.
0: I imagine uh, being retired and being a go-go guy, and then thinking you're going to go off sailing—that the time is really valuable as well. There's, I know that there's just there's no making the boatyard do it fast. It takes what it takes, and there's no way around.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've just finished uh, on my refit. Um, I uh, stripped the hull down uh, because of uh, blisters. Um, you know, I had been in the water for the last four years in New York Harbor. Uh, so completely uh, refiberglass and filled uh, you know, the hull and uh, repainted. Uh, did all the top sides, uh, repainted that. Um, looks very nice. It came out well. All my through hulls were, were replaced. Um, I uh, replaced my shaft um, and strut. Uh, replaced all the uh, standing rigging. Uh, put in a a, a removable inner force so that I won't ever have the problem that I had before. Um, New winches, uh, all new spinnaker rigging, a new diesel generator, a new wind generator, uh, fixed all my fiberglass chips and crack repair, engine service, new inverter, charger, uh, new water maker, Uh, And all of that, uh, you know, just uh, since last June, Uh, I am really looking forward to taking all of that. And I think it's next week I'll be able to push off from the dock and actually go sailing with this thing again.
0: That's great. You have a lot of family that you plan to cruise with some or friends that are going to go with you?
1: Now, lots of friends who are willing to do, uh, you know, the, the, for me it's about a 72, 75 hour run down to the Bahamas. So it's a pretty easy sail, you know, just due south from where I'm, uh, you know, living in North Carolina. Um, it's, um, I think, really um, uh, easy to find somebody who's willing to do a short sail of, you know, three or four days. Uh, doing something like the uh, running out to Bermuda, which takes, you know, five or six days depending on wind. Uh, that's a bit more, so you've got to have somebody who's really willing to get thrown around for a bet. My family is not much in that category. They like it when I get to the nice places like uh, Martha's Vineyard or, uh, you know, Falmouth or uh, Nantucket uh, or the coast of Maine. You know, when I get up there, they're happy to come fly up and join me for some coastal sailing uh, you know, and the, the restaurants and whatnot. Uh, uh, but not so much for those long offshore journeys.
0: Yeah, I see that a lot. And I, I've actually seen many new yachtsmen drag their wife into the Gulf Stream on a not so nice day. And that's the end of the boat. So I think uh, flying the family into the boat, into the nice place and you out there doing your dream is probably the best compromise.
1: Definitely works for me.
0: So um, you you mentioned maybe um, even crossing the Atlantic. Are you thinking of doing some real extended voyages as well?
1: I am. Uh, You know, I've worked. So one of the good things about taking an older boat and really doing a serious refit to it is uh, I'm now intimately familiar with this thing from, I mean, I pulled the keel off of this thing previously and re it. So uh, there's not much on this boat that has not been uh, seriously redone. I've even set it up, I've just purchased a, a Jordan Drogue and put uh, fittings on the stern of the boat so that I can literally hang this boat. It's got a, you know, about a 20,000 pound um, uh, weight with loading, about 25,000 pounds. And so I now have attachment points that will take all of that. Uh, so even if I get into really bad weather and I've got good weather systems to hopefully help me keep away from all of that. But at least I've got the safety uh, and peace of mind to know that um, uh, you know, my uh, emergency uh, equipment is such that um, uh, we could manage uh, a, cr- a crossing uh, with um, you know, a degree of uh, comfort that we're not going to end up in the, the perfect storm movie.
0: Did uh, COVID play a big factor in you know, how long it took to get your boat repaired? Do you think it would have been better in normal times?
1: Uh, yeah, I believe it did. Um, you know, I've watched uh, the like many people, the supply chain has uh, really slowed down. I mean, the, the reason that I'm not sailing my boat now is that I'm, I was waiting on a, 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 a generator bracket um, that um, normally I would think would be pretty easy to get from the manufacturer. Uh, it took four months. Uh, you know, just for one part, and we just couldn't use the boat until, you know, the generator was finished. I wasn't going to sail off and try to fix it myself. Uh, that's just one thing. Uh, there are all kinds of parts that just, um, uh, as an example, you know, I was putting uh, much stronger cleats on the uh, stern of the boat, um, and you couldn't get from the normal manufacturers the cleats that I wanted uh, in stainless steel. So I ended up having to have those fabricated from you know, pieces of um, uh, uh, prop shaft um, with a st- stainless steel bar uh, put together, pacified, and then all ground down. So custom-made uh, stainless steel uh, cleats are uh, Are an example of not being able to get the supply chain to work for you for stuff that you would normally order and get within a month or so. I, I, getting the trim pieces for—I I replaced all the all the hatches and ports on the boat, and you know that plastic trim piece that goes on the inside of these things—you'd think you just order that. Now that's a that's a three to four month wait to get the manufacturer to provide those things. They just showed up in the mail last week.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how the, the smallest thing can hold up the project. So let's say it's a year from now or two years from now. Do you picture the boat having a kind of a home base, or are you just going to move the boat around um, and just cruise the world?
1: So my plan is to uh, stay based at least for the you know the next call the next five years uh, out of uh, the southern part of North Carolina. Uh, it's a pretty good location for a variety of reasons, uh, not the least of which you can you got a lot of places you can go. Um, I, I do have um, the idea that I, I've got some friends that I've worked in when I worked for the United Nations um, over the last five years uh, down in South America who have invited me to visit in uh, Brazil uh, and uh, Uruguay. Uh, it, I think it'd be kind of cool to take a run down there, although I realize that's a long way with some interesting wind uh, patterns as well. But it would be an awful lot of fun. And I definitely would love to go uh, do the jump to Bermuda, uh, the Portuguese Azores, from there up to uh, Ireland. Uh, I'd even like to do the Loch Ness Canal, go through Scotland. Uh, That looked like it would be a lot of fun. Jump over uh, into the Baltic, um, uh, uh, maybe. uh, you know, do Denmark and come back through the Kiel Canal, go down into the Mediterranean, uh, then go back across, uh, uh, you know, the, the standard way, go to Tenerife for, um, uh, you know, you can go from a variety of places, jump off and go down to the Southern Caribbean and go back. I can do all of that uh, Atlantic run in about nine months uh, if I time it right. Um, I think that'd be an awful lot of fun. And I, I think I can find people to do uh, you know, either through friends or through crew finding uh, websites, see what I can do about getting people to do the little chunks of that. You know, the long ones are going uh, from the Canaries to the Southern Caribbean. Uh, and then, you know, those, those two-week jumps across the Northern Atlantic um, or Mid-Atlantic, uh, you know, those are, those will be a little ch- more challenging. Uh, and You definitely have to have people that either are quite adventuresome or have got the experience or better yet both.
0: Great. Great, well, thanks. That was very helpful. I think the New yachtsmen will enjoy hearing you know, your, your story and maybe it'll encourage some others to actually get out there and do it. Um, thank you, everyone. Uh, please like and subscribe if you found this interesting and you can send both of us questions down below.